morning, Kevin, or good afternoon to you. I uh, heard so many great things uh, from you about uh, from Steve Lewis. Now, when uh, I was lucky enough to work for Steve Lewis, and when Steve says that guy is good, uh, that guy is good. <laughs> so you guys are on. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Francis. Very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Francis. Thank you very much, John. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, my name is Brad Gilly, and I'm uh, honestly thrilled to be moderating this particular session uh, session for Online Race Industry Week because um, you know this is something I certainly believe in is such an integral and important part of racing, and what K1 Race Gear has to offer uh, is absolutely products that any racer of any discipline can use. And for me, part of my background in another life, I used to run a racing series throughout Texas and sell race cars and everything else. And anytime I sold a race car, anyone, any, anytime anyone came in, uh, the first thing I told them was the first money you should spend is always on safety. You can go fast later. First money you should spend is always on safety. But our panelists here today, uh, J.R. Twett, the general manager of K1 Race Gear. Also, Kevin Swindell, a four-time consecutive Chili Bowls national champion. And uh, J.R., let me start with you. Um, K1 Race Gear, uh, it says in your bio here at epartrade.com, provides the highest level of safety gear and products to racers that we ourselves would be proud to use. So give us a little bit of an overview of what you do. Well, certainly. I mean, that's uh, that, that's uh, sort of our launching point in our model and our credo is if, uh, you know, if, 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 if we won't wear it, why should we expect anybody else to wear it? Um, yeah, you know, the company's been around for, uh, we're coming up on 15 years, um, you know, primarily was started as a uh, go-karting gear company to supply our parent company's indoor go-karting tracks with K1 Speed, um, you know, quickly developed into uh, being able to supply the market specific market in the United States with grassroots racing with a, with quality product. But it, you know, we, we've sort of morphed uh, into something else, I think, which is sort of what lends to our popularity now is that we, you know, I, I joke all the time about my people and why we've become so successful lately is that I, I, I truly think I got the best people in the world working for us. And I, I joke with them all the time that uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. You know, I, they, they, that's the key to our success. And it's the key to having relationships with people like Kevin and, and some of our other ambassadors that run our stuff is that uh, we listen to race car drivers. You know, we, we've been race car drivers ourselves and we have a pretty good idea of what we're doing and what we want. But I, I think the, the norm, you know, in the history of racing gear has always been to be well, here's what we know that you need and what you want, and here's what you're going to wear. We come at it from a completely different angle, and I think that's where our popularity has come from, certainly where our growth has come from lately. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I think that's what's uh, launched our success recently. Yeah, well, I will say, uh, you know, for racers understand racers better than anybody, and I think that helps in a big way. Kevin Swindell, I uh, want to bring you on um, as someone who literally was born into racing and has done it in so many different disciplines uh, with a wide degree of success as well. Can you speak to K1 and your relationship with them? It's been good. You know, um, you know we kind of came into it, you know, after, obviously, you know, I had stopped racing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, JR said a lot of, you know, what I liked about it was the fact that, you know, he's, he's willing to morph and move and, and work on things. And, you know, I've, I've kind of always felt like I really was in tune with, with what, you know, I needed and, and trying to, you know, grow things and innovate things when I was racing and, you know, try to make stuff better. And, and I was always very conscious of, of comfort and safety and things like that. And, you know, being able to work with somebody like him that's that's willing to kind of, you know, move around, make things better, you know, listen to guys like me or, or the guys racing now, obviously. So, um, yeah, it's been, uh, been a good relationship and, you know, his stuff, um, you know, has been good for us as well as, you know, we're, we've kind of built a brand around, you know, designing things and, and being kind of a cool factor, I think, within, you know, our side of the world, it's, it's been, um, you know, good to work with him and be able to, you know, design suits for guys and, and kind of do some things a little differently. And, uh, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great relationship so far. 
by the way, I do want to remind you, if you've got a question for either JR or Kevin, you can ask that in the chat. Just type it in and we'll be more than happy to ask them for you as well. And, and talking about growing a company, you know, I mean, people say, obviously, if you're not moving forward, then you're definitely moving backwards. And JR, you guys have moved forward uh, at a very rapid pace, uh, a lot of growth, a lot of gains in the industry. How has this been done in such a short period of time? Pure luck, nothing else. Uh, you know, uh, it's interesting with Francis and, and certainly with uh, with John and all you guys in, in this relationship is that uh, while we to talk about this year specifically, um, we we're, there is a little bit of luck involved. But I, I again, this goes back to me being the dumbest guy in the room. But I, I guessed it's something with our growth and you know, the industry was prime for, for us, you know, and we were anticipating a massive amount of growth, but we also, you know, I come from a machinist background. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a machine shop. Um, my, my father used to develop, uh, uh, turbines and gears for Boeing. Uh, when we lived up in the Pacific Northwest, I grew up in a, in doing piecemeal work. And so I've seen growth at a very young age, not that either industry is the same, but at the same time, it's, you know, um, e-part trade, for example, you know, knowing that virtual uh, connection um, is the wave of the future, right? And I think nobody's doing it better than e-part trade is per currently. And that's, you know, I would say that even if we weren't on camera with all these people, I, I, and I've told Judy before, I think that that's why I jumped on so soon is that I feel that that's the next natural progression in what we're doing here. When we talk about natural progression, I mean, K1 was just ready for it. You know, we, we, we didn't always have the best stuff when I first came in. And I know that, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time and extraordinary amount of money uh, researching textiles. Um, all of our textiles come out of France and Italy. Uh, we've worked diligently with uh, textile manufacturers over there to, you know, the industry is always going to move towards lighter weight, stronger materials. It's natural in anything. Um, you got to be careful with that, certainly in safety gear and, uh, you know, which, you know, has never been more, uh, in the spotlight than this last week, you know, with, uh, some of the things that have happened in F1 and, and NASCAR certainly. And, um, we were just, we were primed and ready for it. And our segment of the market being primarily in the U S and in grassroots racing, um, we, we anticipated a, a massive amount of growth. We were ready for it and we built a ton of personal relationships just with groundwork that we did at racetracks. My people are always at racetracks. You will always find K1 at a racetrack somewhere. We live it. We live the brand. Um, there's, there's just no denying how we got to where we were. Um, but in order to stay relevant, you gotta, you got to still do the brick and mortar stuff. You know, you got you to keep a good foundation. We've got a great parent company in K1 Speed who's got a you know, got our back in anything that we want to do. And uh, we are constantly in research and development to um, progress and not forget about safety. And so I think that, you know, on top of that, our, our the, the personal relationships that I've developed and my team has developed with drivers, much to mine and my wife's frustration at times on a Sunday night at, 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 at 1030, um, they all have my phone number. They've, uh, they, they know that I'll answer. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a personal relationship that we've developed with racers and with the industry as a whole. And, and it's, uh, you can't buy that. Kevin, I want to ask you this question before I ask JR. So it'll be a similar question to both of you, but from a racer standpoint, you know, from an end user standpoint and everything that you've done, what was different about K1 and how they do things that attracted you? I think the first thing, you know, was, was, more so that, um, you know, you go to a lot of these higher end places and, and stuff is it's expensive and, you know, what you can get with him is, is, you know, what any of these guys like a Kyle Larson or somebody is wearing, you know, and, and get it for your kid. Like there, there's no difference. There's no higher in this, there's no locked out of being able to get a hold of this, um, this style or anything else. And, you know, on top of, you know, being able to constantly work to make it better and not stay stuck in the mud as far as, you know, some of these things, you know, it was a lot of it. And, and just being able to be a part of, you know, some of those kind of 
technical decisions and, and working on things. And you know, we're talking about the shape of the belt the other day of, of how to make stuff look better and, and function better. And, you know, was just able to bring my, my opinions and, and be heard, you know, was the biggest thing for me, but yeah, I think, you know, ultimately it really was the fact that it, you know, you can, you can put your kid in the nicest stuff, the lightest stuff possible and, and not break the bank. And, you know, it's, I think like when we open this conversation about, you know, buying safety before you buy, you know, speed, it, it's kind of the same thing when it comes to seats and things like that. Sometimes like some of these people will go in and, and really skimp on things that, that really should not be skimped on. And, you know, I think he puts you in a position to be able to, uh, you know, to, to really keep your, uh, you know, your kid or your loved one safe. Yeah, very well said. JR, for you, um, you had to set yourself apart, obviously, when you're getting into this. So what is it that sets K-1 apart? Nothing, it, it, as a racer and in our industry, nothing is more personal than race gear. I've, I've known over the years, I've, I worked on a lot of my cars and I built a lot of my own motors. So I, I, I think I, I might come at it from a little bit different perspective but I always knew what piston was in my car. I always knew what rings I was running. I, I, I knew what gear we were running. I knew what brand all these were. I wouldn't say I didn't care about them, but I, I relied on them from a history of knowing, well, I broke that, that didn't work. So I used this and, and, and relied on, you know, a number of guys in the industry that taught me better things about cylinder heads and how these things work. But I never had a real personal connection to parts your fire suit and your underwear and your shoes and your gloves are in your helmet specifically. They're very personal to a race car driver. And yeah, I go back to what I said earlier and, and no names need to be mentioned as far as our competitors. I love them all. I love the competition, but the industry went towards, we know what's best for you. Here's what's available and you're going to wear this. Okay. I mean, I wore that stuff growing up and, and uh, when I was a kid and getting started and then throughout my, you know, small career, I was never, I was a better businessman than I was a driver. So I, I, I realized that quick. I wasn't a Kevin Swindell um, or any of the others, but I remember that it was like, you know, I walk up my holler and be like, don't, don't, don't touch my gloves. You know, don't, 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 I don't care if you mess around with a, with a piston pin or, or a rod or something, look all you want, just leave my gloves alone. Don't, don't touch my, don't touch my fire suit. Race gear is, is, is vital in its, uh, in its, to its core because of what it offers, you know, and its protection, whether it's your head, it's your hands or your, or your body, but it's very, very personal. And I think that we, and I don't say I, my whole team, we brought that, we do that better than anybody in the industry is bring that personal effect to race gear. We know that what Kevin tells me is going to work uh, may not work for a Kyle Larson or a Matt Crafton or a whoever it is that's in there. And you constantly have about 15,000 voices in your head saying, this is what you should do to your stuff. And while I don't want to ignore it and say, okay, everybody's got to wear a generic brand. We try to take uh, small bits of information from each of those things and, and each of those people and incorporate it into what we're doing. And we just, we constantly are doing that. And that's something that just got forgot about for a long time from some of these legacy brands. And, you know, to go back to a, a little bit of what we were talking about, uh, we just briefly touched on it with safety being real top of mind right now over the last week. Um, and that's a great thing. There's a good and a bad to it. And, and, and my personal opinion is it's, it's great that everybody's looking this past week at safety gear. The only bad part about it is that these kind of things happen across the country and across the world weekly and nobody hears about it until it happens at F1 and NASCAR, which is okay. But I think what it also does is it allows some companies to be complacent. I've, I've, I've made it a, a goal in my life. It's a passion of mine, but it's also my goal to just never forget about no matter how much personal branding we do, whether it's for a sponsor or for that driver wearing that brand, I won't do it if it's not safe. And that's, that always has to be the first thing. So we just try not to be complacent at all. We keep constantly trying to evolve and make things better. You know, whether we're just the, the little engine, the little company that could going up against some of these giants, but we just take it really, really personal. 
very, very serious. And, um, and we still have fun with it, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I feel like it's the coolest thing in the racing industry because we get to not only keep people safe, but we get to, we get to design, uh, brands and we get to, we get to put that stuff forward in the forefront. So I think we do that better than anybody. And that's what, what, that's, what's kept us moving ahead so quickly. Yeah, your passion for this absolutely shows through. And again, I do want to remind folks, if they have a question in the chat, um, they can certainly do so. Type it in. We'll ask them. In fact, uh, Rick Young says, K1 makes amazing suits. They are the official suit of Rams Racing Chili Bowl team as well. So nice shout out from them. Well, you know, not only, you know, Rick and, and Jeff and the guys over there at Rams have been, uh, you know, that's a testament to what we do. It's a, It's a personal thing. They can always rely on us, but but at the end of the day, they know that they can rely on a safety gear company to keep their guys safe. But you know, if Rick calls me up and says, "Hey, I got this. Uh, we we've got this, um, you know, veterans community uh, project that we're doing with guys. We really want them to be at the forefront of, of of our operation. Not only do we want to run well at Chili Bowl, but we want to represent our sponsors." Man, I I jump on that right away and go, "Let's make the let's make this veterans community project." the best that it can possibly be and look the best it can possibly look. That's, that's our passion. That's what we're going to keep doing. Kevin, I want to ask you, uh, when it comes to safety gear and the different types of safety gear, and certainly I uh, want to talk to you about this too, JR, but with the different disciplines of racing that you've done from sprint cars to stock cars and many other things as well, different types of safety gear goes along with each of those different types of racing. What do you say to racers who are looking to move up but think, well, I've already got a fire suit, but now I'm going to go from a sprint car to a stock car? Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff, um, you know, obviously carries over pretty well. Um, there's not a lot of things that change too much. I, you know, I think as you as you go through some of the stuff that spend more time in the car, the longer races, you know, you run into some ventilation things and, and some hoses going through um, through the suits. But, you know, overall, you know, a lot of times something that I wore in a, in a sprint car, I wore, you know, in a cup car, it, it, um, it really didn't change. So, I mean, um, as far as, you know, suits and gloves and things go, you know, as long as they hit that SFI rating, I think it's just up to you if you want to have dirt on your stuff when, when you go sit in the stock car or not. So, um, you know, like I said before, he, you know, JR makes a, a great product and things and, you know, nothing seems to, uh, you know, end up stained or, or messy or anything dumb happens with things. And, you know, as long as, um, you know, stuff doesn't have threads coming out of it or something where you think you're going to look bad to you, uh, you know, to your higher up sponsors like that, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's something that um, you don't worry about it as long as, as you make something nice on, on the front side, it, it carries over well to, to, uh, to either. That's a good thing. JR, how about it for you? I mean, what, what works for karting might not work for, you know, bigger cars or some people have different styles they prefer. They might want to have the tight, tight cuffs around their ankles or they might want to have the cuffs go past their shoes and all of that. So uh, talk about the variety of products that you guys do have. Yeah, certainly. Like I said, you know, we, we, we came into the market as a, a go-karting supplier and, you know, not to bore the entire audience with how these things are manufactured, but you, you inherently, when you're going to do one, you got to do the other. And if you're only going to do one, well, meaning karting and not do automotive stuff, you know, where we do well in an industry of go-karting that's, um, you know, that's this big versus an automotive industry that's, that's this big. You don't need to pay less attention to one over the other, certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, starting with go-karting, you know, your abrasion resistance, um, I think the biggest difference when, when people are making the jump and what they need to know is that not all suits are made or created equally. And you should do your research, especially when it comes to kids. Um, you know, cause I've been too many places and seen, you know, in an outlaw cart or in a micro or something where I go, wow, that's a go-karting suit that guy's wearing. That's, that's, that's somebody needs to go over there and, and I have no problem doing it. I'll, I'll go over and tell a parent, don't do that. You know, I mean, that's you we're here for a reason and we supply these things for a reason. So I think it's what like what Kevin was saying, you know, um, we do different things. But I think the good thing is that we're doing well enough that even somebody like Kevin Swindell, who knows quite a bit about him, doesn't recognize it um, because we what goes back to what he said earlier. I will put a eight year old. You know, box uh, box stock kid in the same suit as Kyle Larson, if that's what his parents want. 
and it's available and I will do that and I, and, and we'll do it at a reasonable price. Um, nobody should be wearing less of a, a, a safety gear and apparel than the next guy. I don't care who they are, you know? So, um, you know, the changes it, it, it's, it's, I mean, man, I could talk to you for hours about the different textiles that are available. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it really just boils down to we, we manufacture every single suit, whether it's a five-year-old getting in a go-kart or to a SFI 20 top fuel, uh, racer, who's almost guaranteed going to test your product out. We build them the same way. How does someone, you know, when it comes to the turnaround, you know, obviously people are changing sponsors, things are evolving and all of that. Um, if I have very specific needs to me and a very specific design that I want, how long does something like that take? Typically, uh, you know, we, we've got one of the shortest turnaround times as far as custom suits because we're primarily a custom suit company. Um, typically, we're running uh, during slow season about four weeks. Um, when it gets into peak, you know, right after, you know, just shortly after Chili Bowl, we'll probably be right in that six to seven week turnaround time. And um, that's from, you know, the minute that design is approved, we've got measurements and logo files and everything and we go. Um, so it's, it's, you know, we've kept that time down. We, we understand people need to get to races. You're never going to rely on a race car driver to get you stuff timely. So we, we expect that we know that. Um, so we're, we've, we've adjusted our business model and our manufacturing capabilities to keep up with it. And how about design? I mean, you know, I, I know some people may come to you with, this is exactly what I want. And some people may not have any kind of an idea. Can you help with all that? Yeah, I think one of the, you know, one of the big advantages to K1 race gear and our, our abilities is also what we will do, you know, within reason, if it's safe, we will do it. Um, we do everything. When we say custom suits and custom designs, we truly mean custom suits and custom designs. We're not going to grab one of our standard suits off the wall, change the colors of it and slap logos on it and call it a custom suit. That's not, that's not a custom suit. So we are the essential, the quintessential custom suit manufacturer in that we, you know, from the toe up, we, we do it completely custom. We get a lot of stuff that is not reasonable. You know, you, you'll get a picture of a car that a guy will send you and say, make this. Okay. Yeah, we get, we, we've seen that and we, we, we understand what people want, but we're also pretty good at, uh, at functionality first guys. You know, if we can make this suit, we will, if it's not going to function right, we're not going to do that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're doing, uh, we're doing really well at, uh, sort of schooling people as to what shouldn't be done, how far you can go with custom suits, but still making something custom and making it personal. Kevin, on the racer end of things, being able to go to one place, um, literally one-stop shopping for everything that you need on safety, how important is that? It's simple, you know, and that's what, you know, like you said before, a lot of this comes down to relationships. And, you know, for me, it was always, um, you know, it's, it's easier once you get comfortable with a guy. And sometimes it's hard to get comfortable with, you know, somebody that, that works at these places and, and having that relationship where you can kind of just send a text or, or send something simple and say, this is what I need, or this is what I want, as opposed to, you know, trying to kind of, you know, feel like you're going through customer service with, with some places. So, um, you know, having a direct relationship, you know, with these guys and, and being able to get every piece of the, the puzzle from your, your bag to your socks to, um, you know, a lot of the little things are, are things that complicate the soup stuff you know, it's simple and it, it kind of comes down to, you know, being able to, to talk with a designer and that, that part gets done. And usually you spend a lot of time in one suit, but you know, it's the little things when you lose a sock or a shoe disappears or, you know, something gets, gets covered in something and messed up that, that you need something quick and being able to, you know, get a hold of those guys and, and do things, you know, quickly and simply. And, you know, a lot of us are, um, I feel like a lot of the, the drivers are tend to be almost kind of shy when it comes to some of this stuff about speaking up some of the time and, and trying to do it. And, and we'll suffer through some dumb stuff or, you know, even, uh, you know, just grab something old off the shelf as opposed to trying to make a complication through some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, just being comfortable with, um, you know, with the people you're dealing with and, and having all those pieces right there without having to go, you know, here for something and there for something, it, it definitely simplifies everything. We got a question from the chat, Jr. And uh, and this may be more uh, just uh, 
a little more broad as far as an SFI rating or something like that goes. But the question comes from Yules Garcia. It says, how many seconds, more or less, a, K uh, a K1 two-layer protects at 700 Celsius in comparison with the competitor brands, and as it happened with uh, Romain Grosjean uh, this past week? Yeah, certainly. It's a good question. You know, it, it, it comes down to the layers that you build a suit out of, and obviously anything that's off the shelf or that we – customized goes through both uh, on most of our gear goes through both SFI and FIA testing. They both have different rules and different um, standards that they set as far as heat penetration, flammability testing and things like that. Um, typically on a two layer suit, like you would see, you know, somebody from Chili Bowl running what I would assume um, the A-star suit that, uh, that Grosjean was wearing what they'll have is they'll have a TPP rating. And I, I think that the question is sort of leading towards this is like, what does necessarily that TPP rating mean? That's a thermal protection barrier uh, of your suit. And whenever you look at a number, you'll see a TPP rating and it'll have a number next to it. The way it's defined by the SFI foundation, which is the standard here in the United States, and it's very similar at FIA is that if you divide that number by two, that's the amount of seconds that you can be on fire engulfed in flames before you sustain a second degree burn. So uh, typically our testing and, and all this stuff is quoted on um, the SFI foundations and everything with, with their testing as to what the TPP rating is for each different item. You will see generally our suits are going to run between, uh, I think the minimum at SFI is 19, which gives you, uh, you know, eight to 10 seconds of being on fire. Whereas most of our stuff with an inner lining um, is running between 25 and 30 TPP, which is, you know, you're talking about between 12 and 15 seconds. Now let me expand on that just a tiny bit here too. And, and Kevinson's can certainly answer some questions on this also. The way you test in a vacuum, we'd all understand if you thought about it is not necessarily the way it's going to happen in a vehicle, right? You know, you've got to you had an isolated room where you've got these patches that we supply with our layers that are tested to a certain degree of Celsius for penetration, um, heat penetration, deflection, all these same things. That's all great. It gives you a pretty good idea of how well those layers uh, work. The difference between in being engulfed in a flame, whether it's in a capsule or running through fire is certainly a lot different if you're in a uh, closed cockpit in an open wheel car or in like Kevin's situation that he's been in more than once, I know with fuel leaks, you know, oftentimes what you'll see in a, in a sprint car and in midget racing is where a fuel line will come off. This happens a lot, you know, and, or a fuel leak where your the fibers of the suit are actually drenched in, in, in a, a volatile uh, flammable substance. And the slightest thing that lights that up, so you're going to see a different result as far as how long that suit typically could stay on fire and sustain a second degree burn versus somebody who is in go. Now I can't, none of us can really guess at what was going on at the point of flame on uh, the Haas F1 car with, with Grosjean, because you know, it, it was, it was a terrible thing to see, but it was also, we couldn't necessarily see what was going on in the cockpit or him climbing out until he came up over the edge. So Hard to say. What I will say is I'll applaud uh, Alpine stars. Sparco had a couple of scary ones also. We're all doing our job. You know, everybody is, is using good textiles, and that's good to see when, especially in these cars that don't typically see a lot of fire. Um, you know, I know we see it quite a bit. We've unfortunately had to test some materials in the last couple of years and had very good results. But to say that about the TPP rating and what what is factual in a – in a, uh, in a vacuum environment where they test it, I've had drivers that have called me and said, hey man, I was on fire for 25, 30 seconds in your lightest weight suit and I had nothing. I, I don't have a single mark on me. I don't suggest anybody tries it. You know, that's not the point. The point is being able to rely on manufacturers who utilize layers and technology that is, that is, that's on par with what the top level teams are doing. So again, while they are a competition, I applaud that a-Stars kept um, Grosjean safe. Um, some of these top uh, brands have, have clearly not rested on their laurels and been complacent. They've, they've kept utilizing good uh, materials. And that's, that's all we can do is just keep testing and keep utilizing good materials. But to go to his point, that, that sort of answer is, is if you look at that TPP rating, 
all of ours pass SFI and FIA. We don't veer from those designs and layers once we get them tested, which is, has been a problem in the industry from others. So you can typically uh, use that number as a starting point. I don't, I don't recommend anybody just rests on that number. Don't, don't put all of your love into that number. Because here's the, the biggest reason. I always encourage anybody who's wearing a two-layer SFI or an FIA rated suit to also wear underwear. You know, we, we don't just make these underwear just because it's like soft and cute and you can have a custom logo on it or something. It has a, an added layer of protection that everybody should really focus on. I understand everybody wants to be, wants to be cool in a race car. I get it, man. Uh, if you have a problem with it, you should probably have a different career. You're going to be hot, you know, but we try to get you the best layers possible without sacrificing any integrity. And that's why I always say, underwear man it's a third layer it's a protective barrier against your skin yeah i wanted to ask you about the underwear actually and when you're talking about the tpp rating does that add to it you know if you had one that's tpp of 19 and you know maybe the underwear is tpp of 10 i, I don't know does that make it 29 and then you divide that by two how does that work yeah well i i think it's difficult to quantify it as a, a, a whole number i think it's just it's added protection now certainly each individual knitted Nomex underlayer and tech layer is tested on its own. Now, obviously, the, the number is going to be way lower because you don't have a woven barrier that's the outer lining, right? So the, the outer barrier is the most important part. I would say the most important part, but it's, it's certainly the one that's going to test the flame resistance uh, the earliest. What you have on under those layers is certainly uh, as important, if not more important, um, you know, as far as if you wear a two or three layer suit. Um, but that added protection, you could quantify it that way if you want to, but I'm not going to, as a professional, tell you that it's uh, going to be a 29 if you've, got a, if you've got a 23 and a 6. What I'm going to say is that they each have their individual scores as far as a TPP rating would be concerned, and certainly adding them together is, a, is, is never a bad thing. Kevin, how about you? you have any uh, thoughts or opinions, especially with real world experience? No, I mean, I think, you know, the hardest part some of the time is, is when you're younger, it, it's kind of, you look at certain things and, and maybe want to be tough or be cool about some of this stuff. And, and you trend away from, you know, the, the Nomex underwear and things like that. And, you know, I know as, as even going back to just like, you know, things like my, my dad didn't run a rock screen on a sprint car. So it was like rock screens aren't cool. So I didn't, you know, do that. It's, you know, and, and little things. I don't think I mean, he wears Nomex shirts now, finally, but I think it took until five or six years ago of them, you know, obviously getting a lot more comfortable before he left a t-shirt, you know, so I kind of followed that path as well. And I think it was a good thing that they started putting logos on them and made them cool because that made them a little bit cooler in some of these kids eyes that they could wear something neat and it got another layer. And, um, you know, I talked to somebody the other day about it and he's like, I, I don't want no Max. I just wear a t-shirt. And it was just like, so, you know, I got to a point to where I felt naked if I didn't have long bottoms and a long sleeve top on. And, you know, I went through phases of kind of adding one piece in and I went from a short sleeve shirt to a long sleeve shirt. And um, yeah, I just think kind of, if you suck it up on some of this stuff for the first time and, and do it, you realize that a lot of the stuff is actually really comfortable and, and it actually makes stuff better. And, you know, to me, guys talk about being hotter, but I never felt like I was any hotter with a long sleeve shirt versus short sleeve shirt. Or if, if anything, I feel like some of that stuff kind of plays into the way, like, you know, football players look at it to where it's like you hold your sweat in, it almost keeps you cooler. So um, yeah, I think, you know, it's just educating some of these kids and, and, as dumb as it sounds, it's, it's just trying to make some of this stuff cool. And, and you want to get some of these guys that they feel are cool to, to wear some of this stuff and realize how much of a role model to these guys they are. And, and to set a good example, I think is, is just a lot of the battle. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cool thing is not being treated for burns in the hospital. JR. <laughs> yeah. If, if, well, I, I was going to say that's, that's the, that's the coolest thing. Let's be clear on that. Um, you know, it's funny. It's kind of ironic that we, did we have Kevin with us, even though we planned it, but uh, it, it, to bring up 
Sammy for just a second, uh, Swindell, obviously the legend, uh, Kevin's father, who we learned a lot from and we all did. But when we started talking about complacency and not necessarily testing and not necessarily where some people have rested on their laurels of the past and just said, oh, this is safe because somebody said it was safe or SFI said it was safe. And, and they do rigorous testing on this and they, they require us to do rigorous testing on it. But I was standing at Knoxville earlier this year and, and Sammy doesn't, Sammy doesn't give a lot as far as <laughs> I, Kevin could tell you a ton of story, but from my perspective, he doesn't give you a whole lot unless he likes you. And, um, you know, him and I stood there and talked for about two and a half hours. One of the greatest conversations I had with a race car driver in my life, probably because I've, you know, been a fan and also, a, you know, partnered with him now, but he, he made a comment to me that, um, he goes, you know, I'm probably single-handedly responsible for the way half of these drivers drive nowadays, or he said these kids drive nowadays. And I was expecting a completely different answer as to what he said next, because I was like, well, you know, Sammy's been known to be a little rough from time to time and, you know, just out there wheeling it and getting it done and driving hard. And he was like, no, that's not, you know, it's not. He said, we were the crash test dummies for the entire generation. You know, we were the first guys that were true outlaws out there running from state to state. We were breaking stuff. We were figuring out, you know, uh, whether it's not running a rock screen or, or, you know, some sort of window net, whether it came to different gloves and stuff. Secretly, these guys were the ones that laid the foundation for what we built, what we are continuing to build. And he said, you know, these kids just aren't scared anymore. You know, they just don't, uh, whether it's cool to not be scared or it's cool to throw a slide job from half track or it's cool to, you know, whatever it is, they just don't have that fear in, in, and I feel like maybe we've softened these guys a little bit. And I don't know if that's to the detriment of our, of our, uh, of our, you know, class of drivers that we have that are coming up, but to speak to what Kevin said, yeah, you do have to make stuff cool. You do have to make stuff safe. And I think I'll, I'll say it again. Nobody does it better than K1. Very well said. A couple of questions from the chat here. Uh, this sort of goes along some of what we were talking about uh, when it comes to uh, what you wear underneath your suit. Does the use of a chill out or cool shirt affect the efficiency of the suit with an opening in the pocket for the lines that, that have to come in for that? Is there a benefit to a Nomex shirt over the top of a cooling shirt? Well, I guess there's a couple of different ways to answer that question. One is that uh, if we start talking about the cooling tubes that enter, you know, we, we primarily only see this in some sports car racing, but it's become more prominent in, uh, NASCAR racing where these trucks and these cars are extremely hot, you know, and you get into the, you get into the, you know, the, the, the hot part of the season in July, going to a place like Chicago or, you know, even Daytona run those road courses. I mean, it's extremely warm inside of these things. So they've started to develop these uh, cool vests and cool shirts in order to pump the, the, the cooling liquid through it. It has to go through the outer and inner layer. Before that was always a no-no. We used to tell people all the time they would buy a, a suit off the shelf, excuse me, and they would go, yeah, I'll just take it down to this lady and have my logo embroidered on it. You can, I don't recommend it because essentially what you're doing is you are penetrating both layers and you know, the last thing you want, I don't know how much you love your sponsors, but you don't want a tattoo of your sponsor on your skin. Okay. That's, you don't want that. So NASCAR went, or excuse me, SFI went through some testing to where we developed a certain size pocket um, on the torso of the suit that could be, could gone through both layers and uh, have the tubes go through as long as it was secured um, with a Kevlar thread and a, a Velcro latch that goes over it. So it is closed. Great stuff. Um, I can't speak to whether, and I won't speak to whether or not wearing a cool vest or a cool shirt. I, I know that I can say with almost certainty, anybody that's running a cool shirt is probably not running a Nomex undershirt. Doesn't mean they shouldn't. Um, but I would, I would, I would probably ask Kevin more than this, just because he's driven a race car more recent than I have, um, is to whether or not you, you're still going to have that added protection. If you wear a Nomex layer underneath your suit, whether or not somebody's going to venture that and say, you know what, I, 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 I feel that I'm still going to be cool enough with a cool vest and a Nomex shirt over this with two layers of Nomex on top of it. 
My guess would be no. What do you think, Kevin? I've never really played with with those shirts. I, you know, I grew up with a lot of horror stories of the the old guys. You know, talking about them. Um, you know, not working, the water getting hot. Um, you know, a lot of things of of the old days where when I think they were trying to develop them, that the guys had worse off moments than than they really had gains. I know I see a lot of guys use them nowadays, so they've obviously gotten, you know, an, an layer level of improvement. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have a lot of experience really to, to comment too much on it. You know, I would, I could see maybe where, you know, I don't know how you'd start to get into a level of thick that might disrupt how you fit in the seat that would stop you if you wanted to wear a shirt, then a cool shirt, then your suit. And, um, you know, I think it would just kind of come down to, to comfort and things. And, you know, that's another thing that, that shoots you in the foot a lot of times on a lot of the safety stuff is just the first thing you do if, if you don't fit in the seat or something squeezes you too much or this or that is you just take a piece of the safety stuff off. Uh, here's another. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, JR. Yeah, just uh, let, let me also note that remember that while – some sanctioning bodies do require it. A lot don't require the use of a undershirt. Okay. That does not mean that the suit that you're wearing is not passing the certification needed to run that class. So I don't want it to be confused uh, with, with his question that, well, if this guy's wearing a cool shirt underneath that, is he not, is he, is he not legal? Is he not? That's not what anybody's saying. It's saying, I don't know to the level level of driver comfort that they're going to get from wearing a cool shirt covered by a Nomex undershirt and then two layers of SFI 3.4 or 3.285, whatever it is, the series that they're running. I don't know how much comfort's in that, but I will say this, and I'll always go back to this, cool shirt or not, I recommend highly wearing underwear, Nomex underwear. Yeah, and that makes sense. And, uh, and Rick Young just put it in the chat. There are cool shirts that are made with Nomex, so you may not have to compromise and wear two. Another question comes from uh, Yules Garcia, and and this maybe some people maybe misunderstand the maintenance and care of your suit. How many washings do the driver close? Uh, how many washings basically can you do on a suit before they start to lose the original protection properties? What's the reality of that? So great question, um, because there's a little bit of confusion as to what fire resistance is and what Nomex is and the, the, the materials that we use for it. So typically entry level suits um, and, and these are I feel like they're phasing out a, a bit because more people are going to double layer Nomex suits, even at the younger entry level. And they should. That's great. But an, an SFI one rated suit is a single layer, not necessarily always a single layer but it's an, it's an FR cotton that is treated with a fire resistant chemical. So if we were to answer Yule's question in regards to that, there is a certain amount of washes. Everybody's chemicals different. Everybody's FR cotton is a little bit different. Typically, you know, 25 to 30 washes that you're seeing out there, you're going to start to lose protection on that, depending on how you wash something. There's a lot of great materials that are out there. There's a lot of great chemicals that are out there now. Um, one of the brands that we recommend washing stuff in is Molecule. Um, they're a company that's done a tremendous amount of work um, to develop a, a detergent that is not caustic or, or, or harmful to the actual threads or material, but it also offers a level of protection and barrier to some things with their protectant that they use. It's not so harsh that it starts washing away chemicals quickly. Um, so that's the first part of the question. To answer the second part is when you get into Nomex, a, a common misconception in these days is that, oh, I can't wash Nomex too much because it's going to, you know, it's going to, well, if you treat your Nomex well, Nomex is an engineered fire resistant material. So it's not treated with a chemical. Uh, the fibers themselves have been manufactured by textile manufacturers to be inherently fire resistant. So do they lose some of their integrity over time? Certainly, but I've also, it also depends on the driver and it also depends on the person maintaining them. You know, I've, I've seen guys that have to roll around in the dirt in their fire suits while they're working on their late model. You generally are not going to see that in a sports car, in a NASCAR, uh, in a cup series car or a truck or, or even sprint cars to that, 
Some people are just hired drivers that get in and drive. They treat their stuff really well. If I was to recommend and what we do recommend with our fire suits, and I won't speak for anybody else, is we recommend a cold wash on a gentle cycle with Nomex or FR cotton. We do not recommend dry cleaning suits. I know a lot of people do it. Um, you know, dry cleaning uses chemicals to clean stuff. Um, a lot of times you'll find pilling, what we call pilling on a, on a Nomex suit where they'll get little balls that come up after they've been dry clean. Cold wash, gentle cycle with a trusted uh, detergent that's not caustic. I recommend Molecule. And um, hang drying. Hang dry them inside out, out of the sun. You know, I mean, sun, sun can fade and damage Nomex as much as anything can. You know, so I, I, I really highly recommend, I say this all the time, they're fireproof, they're not bulletproof. For some reason, people think that I'm wearing a fire resistant suit. It's the toughest thing in the world. They're actually rather delicate. You know, it's if you want them to last a long time and importantly, look really good for your sponsors, keep them clean, keep them out of the sun, treat them, treat them gently. Very well said. Uh, I think this is a question that uh, should bring about a good answer and, uh, and an educated one for a lot of people as well. But it says, do you guys recommend a single or two layer suit for beginner racers? Well, I mean, this is always an interesting question from a, a parent, right? And I get this a lot. My people get this a lot. Well, I, I would imagine you want them to wear a two-layer suit because they're more expensive and you make more money on them, right? And like, I get it, man. I, I, I have children of my own um, and it, it's difficult, especially for kids and entry-level racers. And this may not be for a child, so I'll answer it in two parts. Uh, but for a child that's coming in, a parent going, man, spending $800 to $1,500 on a two-layer Nomex suit, uh, that's, that's quite a, a bill to foot, considering that I'm probably going to buy him one by the end of the season and two or three more next year as he's growing. I get it. Uh, I totally get it. Um, that's why we have different entry-level suits that we offer, whether they're single-layer or two-layer. Um, you know, from a, from a dad standpoint and um, from a parent standpoint and from somebody who who, who sincerely cares about uh, the protection of drivers, whether it's entry level or the top pro of pros, a two layer Nomex suit is how I'm always going to direct somebody to go um, just because it inherently it's more safe. Um, that's not to say that a single layer doesn't fit somebody's budget, somebody's ability to jump into a car and start learning a, a weekend warrior that does track days, um, you know, a, a beginner box stock, uh, these things are okay. They're, I think that a parent or even a person getting into racing needs to do a consider. You started off by saying this and you said it really well. Safety needs to be the absolute first thing that they look at, no matter what. It, it, it just, yeah, man, I just want to get in and go fast. I get it. We all do. Do your due diligence, research companies, research what those sanctioning bodies require. And my recommendation is always to go above, above and beyond because you just don't know. Well, I know we have just a, a, about a minute or two left here, uh, JR and Kevin. Is there anything else that we might not have covered here that you want people to know about K1 Race Gear uh, who are viewing here today? Well, a couple of things. Uh, I, I think the first is probably, you know, you can rely on us. You can trust us. We've been around. We've, we've grown tremendously. If you can't tell by the field of drivers that we have out there running our stuff right now, from the Swindells to the Kyle Larson's to the Matt Crafton and Chase Briscoe's, um, you know, it's custom suit season. Um, click on our website, <laughs> go measure. Uh, one of the difficult things that we've had this year, and, and I jokingly have said this before to my team, is the last thing that I want is 5,000 race car drivers measuring themselves this year. And we're really missing out on an opportunity to be person to person uh, measuring people at trade shows. So one of the things I did want to get across, we've made a really, really great video an interactive video with a lot of great instructions that tells you specifically how to measure yourself for a custom suit. Um, that's one thing that I want out there. Uh, another thing is I, I really, I want to applaud our industry and I want to applaud EPAR trade and everybody that's involved in it, but our industry as a whole. I've said from the beginning, jokingly, but I, you know, you want to get out of an economic slump, tell all the politicians and bureaucrats to get out of the way and uh, let racers come in and do something. That sounds like a joke, but we're the most resilient industry that there is. Um, we're the hardest working industry that there is. And man, we're just not going to give up. 
we're, we're just going to keep digging. And um, we have had a banner year. It's been different. We've had to make some adjustments. We've got partners like Epart Trade that's given us an opportunity to do things like this. I can't be more thankful. I know my entire team, you know, says thank you for that also. I know that race car drivers, whether or not they're realizing it yet, it, this is a, this is a, it's a, it's a tough deal that we're going through. Everybody gets it, but nobody's done a better job than the racing industry and our industry as a whole to just say, man, whatever, we're going to be safe. We're going to, we're going to do it safely. You know, I, I know our partners at Knoxville Raceway and, and, and Daytona and all the racetracks that I've been to this year have done such an amazing job at adjusting to this current climate. Um, but at the end of the day, racing ain't going nowhere. We're, we're going we're gonna to be here. K1's not going nowhere. Uh, we're going to keep our drivers safe. We're going to be at racetracks. Um, but do yourself a favor. Go to K1RaceGear.com. Check out our video. Check out the custom suit form stuff that's on there. Um, make sure you reach out to our trusted dealers. Um, you know, the, the Kevin Nouses of the world, the, the Swindell speed labs. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got a hardcore group of racers that we trust that help supply our custom designs to people. Um, you can find a list of those on our website, social media assets and everything. But, uh, I, I really want to get that point across. Thank you to Francis. Thank you to Judy, John, yourself. Um, what a tremendous job and a thing that you guys are doing right now that giving us the opportunity and the vehicle to get these things across. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm into that, Daryl. I'm into that. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.